Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, Coach Jay here, and I have Jen back with me. And this week, our guests are Aaron and Liz Simon, my brother and sister-in-law from Simon Says Farms. We talk about how family businesses, we're not lucky to have what we have, but it's hard work and sacrifice. Hey, Coach Jay here. I'd like to mention Simon Says Farms. That's S-Y-M-A-N Says Farms, one of our sponsors. Family-owned farm in Salem, Connecticut that produces a lot of all-natural products. On the farm, they produce goat milk lotions and soaps. They also have a variety of swanky sauce, a honey habanero barbecue sauce and marinade. With everything going on in the world due to the pandemic, let's support some of our local family-owned businesses. Simon Says Farms will ship their products throughout the country. Check out the link in the show description and see their full line of products. SimonSaysFarms.com. That's S-Y-M-A-N SaysFarms.com. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I have Jen back with me this week, and we have a guest on. Uh, about a month or so, a couple months ago, I had my sister on, and we discussed uh, mental health, and uh, now I'm keeping it in the family, and I have my brother and his wife, Liz, on, and we're going to talk about success and how you have to work for it. Uh, he's got the family farm. You've probably heard the the ad that we've had that had my younger son, Dylan, doing the Simon Says Farm ad. Uh, the swanky sauce and the goat milk lotion and stuff. And he posted a, a short video on YouTube, how people have said, Oh, you're so lucky to have this farm. You're so lucky to have the big house. And uh, he went on to comment how it's not luck. It's hard work uh, and sacrifices that go along with it. So Aaron and Liz, welcome to the show and, and give us a, a little info on the farm and what you guys do. And then we'll go from there. Do you want to give them the info, mm-hmm. the 30,000 foot view? Well, first of all, thanks for having us on. Yes, thank um, you. It's uh, always really important for us to be able to share our story and uh, have a platform to like this to reach new people. So appreciate it. Um, yeah, we started this farm back in 2012 with the idea of just having some fresh eggs and milk for our family. And after we were flooded with all the extra milk and we figured out uh, you know, what to do with it. We turned it into some lotion and some cheese for our family consumption. Uh, we branched out to a greenhouse where we grew habanero peppers. Again, apparently we're really good at flooding ourselves with things. And so the habanero peppers went into what is now swanky sauce. Which by the way, almost mm-hmm. next year celebrates its 10th year. Yeah. So 10 years of swanky next year and yep. uh, lotion and soap and you know, after COVID and a layoff, it became our bread and butter. So here we are now a full year and a half into full-time fake farmers. I think, I think <laughs> though, if you go back even farther than that, um, I don't remember the question. So stop me if I ramble too much. Um, it, it was a hobby. That's what it was. It was a hobby yeah. for eggs and, and at our old house, not even here before it was a real Simon Says Farms. It was just a hobby. And then we were like, we want to get a little closer to our food. What else can we do? Well, we can't do it here. And then it was to Jason's point. Yeah, the house we live in is pretty big. But I was a real estate agent at the time. And we were literally in the MLS every day for hours looking for the perfect house constantly. Like the minute an email came out, we looked at it and we were like, yes, no, maybe no next time i remember when this house popped from like 
a foreclosure style, like within 12 days, we were under contract. Yeah. So to your point, it wasn't luck. It was work. We were on top of it. We were knew what we were looking for. And it was just in the right place at the right time. Well, Liz, you made a comment how you are now full-time fake farmers. And yes. I, I'll use that sometimes. When, uh, and as much as I love music, people say, you play guitar? Yeah, I fake it pretty well. Um, now, Jen, you got to see the farm when you were visiting a couple weeks ago. So yes. from, from a non-bias, because he is family. So you got to see the production that they have there, the store that they have there and everything. And what would you say for this fake farm business that they, <laughs> they say they have? And it's the real thing, isn't it? It is really, it truly is the real thing. If, if that's fake, I'd hate to see what real is. Um, yeah. There, it was very, I mean, it was cool. I mean, the, the chickens running loose, unfortunately, that was kind of funny. But seeing the goats and the production of where you guys were back in there making the soap, getting the lotions ready and everything, how it was all stacked and prepared. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then the store. I, I didn't see anything fake about it. It, it. it was beautiful. It was very homely. And it looked like a lot of work. Well, yeah. and that's, that, it is a lot of work. And I think that's where, um, you know, when people call, when people say like, oh, you're so lucky to have all of this. I don't think they realize the sacrifice that not just Aaron and I make on a daily basis, but also our kids, yep. they don't go on vacation. We don't really leave the farm when COVID hit and, and the whole country shut down. I remember. Our lives really didn't change. I remember when dad called, I'll say dad, because obviously this this uh, podcast is in the family here, you know, when dad called and asked, how are you guys coping with COVID? Like, I would say that call was 30 days in like a month in. And I'm like, it's no different for us. No, like we, still we can wake, go 30 days and not leave the farm other than groceries. We still wake up like, and we feed our goats and yeah. we let our dogs out. We feed the chickens, collect the eggs, milk the goats if they need to be. I mean, we went through right at the beginning of COVID was one of our busiest times on the farm with all of our goats having babies. Yep. And that was, didn't change. I mean, they still delivered their babies. They still, yep. you know, need all their care and we still make soap, you know, it's. The biggest difference was the kids were home and now we had to juggle the business, the farm and all that on top of four kids virtual learning, which was a challenge. Well, virtual learning and virtual working for anyone was a challenge. And yeah, you may have been used to staying home. You could stay home for 30 days, stay home, uh, yeah. quote unquote, but it was still a, a difference. Um, so like I you said, the, the struggle of, of having the kids there. Yeah, I have a picture of my daughter and my youngest daughter and my youngest son their first day of first and second grade was taken in our manufacturing facility, sitting at packing and receiving, where we yeah. pick up, you know, pack all the orders that go out. And there they are on their Zoom calls with their headphones, with their backgrounds blurried. So they don't see, you know, the big lie tanks in the background yeah, and all the soap and, and all the soap and everything. And halfway through the school year, my, my daughter's teacher was like, what do you guys do? Yeah. <laughs> like, where is she? And I'm like, oh, well, funny, you should mention we're in, you know, I'm making soap and lotion every day. She goes, oh my gosh, you guys, like you guys have goats and all this. 
and it turned into a virtual first grade field trip to the goat yep. farm and her oh, wow. yep. first graders you know we had a whole virtual field, field trip at the farm and they got to see the babies and learn about the goats and ask all their questions about you know do you have electricity and do you yeah. have a car and <laughs> yeah. you would there's a huge disconnect between right. you know mm-hmm. these kids who all went to school in new london because they were at a magnet school and uh yeah my kids have gotten all the questions of you know oh you're farmers do you have electricity <laughs> like somehow so, being a farmer makes you amish and, and i think that's where that tagline fake farmer comes from right mm-hmm. it actually came from a hater of ours somebody in our audience, our audience is getting bigger and the bigger it gets, the more people don't like you and you just got to get used to that. And we have a few people that say, oh, they're fake farmers. They don't farm for real. Real farms have hundreds of acres or hundreds of goats or wear jeans, not dirty sweatpants and not yoga pants. Like you get picked on for everything you do. Um, But the world we live in today compared to the world, heck, our grandfather raised chickens in the backyard in the middle of the city. Would he have been considered a fake farmer? I mean, he was doing a lot with rabbits and chickens and all that, but oh, that wasn't he, a he farm. He did have chicken. He raised the rabbits for the Portuguese restaurant. Right. Correct. Like but, I said, in the, middle, a, in the middle of a city. I mean, he was in the middle right, of a city. He was a mile still, from Main Street in Danbury, Connecticut. And yeah, he had a, right. And he was a Today, farmer. that's still considered homesteading. Right. You can homestead in an urban setting on right. a postage stamp size lot but if you know how to use it then you can be super functional and efficient with growing your own foods and you know and having a little bit of a hobby business on the side you don't need hundreds of acres out in the middle of kansas you know right well that was the argument with like fake versus real when i did the photography and people would always ask do you have a studio and no i don't have a studio i have studio lighting that i can transport i have my backdrops Oh, well, then they start to question, are you a real photographer if you don't have a studio? I said, well, if I'm a plumber and the the poop's going all over the floor in your bathroom and you need a plumber and I don't have a fancy shop and I just have my truck and I work out of my driveway, are you not going to hire me because I don't have a fancy shop and let the poop go all over your house or are you going to hire me to fix it? I mean, what constitutes real versus fake versus... Exactly. Well, and we've struggled with what makes us a real farmer. Right. And, and, And the... To when I was in LA for a YouTube event, I met another YouTuber homesteader who is in the middle of nowhere. I want to say Kansas or somewhere. Yeah, they live Oklahoma, off the grid. live off the grid, you know. And he was like, No, you're a homesteader, not a farmer. He goes, And I say that because that's what YouTube thinks of you as. If you use the YouTube algorithm and what people are searching for, you fit into the homesteading crowd. Because you're trying to live off your own land, raise your own, you know, your own meat, your own eggs, provide for your family, and then maybe make a product out of what you have. You're not trying to feed America. Feeding America are the farmers. The homesteaders are feeding themselves. So he was like, if you want to win on YouTube, change it to homestead. You shouldn't call yourself Simon Says Farms. And he was right if I wanted to play the algorithm. But we were like, nah, we're leaving it. (laughs) Yeah, but that's, I mean, it's little details that we're, we're arguing over. I mean, it's, there, there's really not much difference. Like you said, if you're going with that algorithm, I mean, you're, you're a farmer. Are you, you, you do sell products to the public. 
And right. are you mad? I mean, kind of like your swanky sauce, your swanky sauce is in every stop and shop in Connecticut. It's in other local grocery stores. You're in, you, if we go out to California, there's a local barbecue sauce, hot sauce, however you want to classify exactly. it there that we don't see here. And it doesn't yeah. make you any less just because you're not a nationally distributed product. But with that said, you have products all over the world. And where's the, right. where's the furthest that you've shipped a product? Oh, geez. Australia. It, yeah. Australia, wow. India. Yeah, we're out. It, we're yeah. all over, Everywhere. you know, North America. So Canada, we ship there just, every day. Um, all over the U.S., um, U.K., Germany. I don't think we've ever said anything to Asia, but we did just send so. uh, with within this. We year, just sent one somewhere that ring rang a bell to me, and I can't remember what it, it was different. I can't remember where it was. Yeah, but I know uh, we just it launched. It was above Italy. I know that because on the map, because our international shipping platform actually shows me a line. And I was like, oh, that one's going way up there. It's like right above Italy somewhere. I don't, I don't remember where it was. Yeah. But. We just <laughs> launched a book about one of our goats and um, and one of our villagers was like, your book is going to Australia, which I found was really cool so yep. it's still stuck in illinois because of holiday shipping delays but it will eventually be in yeah. australia yeah. <laughs> so now when, when i coach whether it be athletes or whatever the, the, a mental game is a big part of it so when you do get some people that make those comments that you are <laughs> fake farmers or when you hear yeah. the comments like you must be lucky it's all luck it's not hard work yeah. how do you how do you take that i mean do you, do you sit there and say are we really farmers or, or are we faking this i mean at this point i'm guessing you guys have you're you're over that and you know that what you're doing is legit but there had to be a period where you questioned it you go first um i think the hater situation is something that i still kind of i'm growing into my thick skin it's something i definitely had i struggled with but i weighed um Am I doing more good than harm? Am I receiving more good than harm? And when I sit back and I look at it, if I touch just one person and we've had emails come in um, to the effect of, you know, with our live stream with our goats, um, people come and seek refuge with the live stream. Um, they try to escape the heaviness of their day, or maybe it's a, it's used as a coping skill to distract them from a panic attack or anxiety that they're feeling or depression or loneliness, um, especially in those, this new world of quarantine and COVID that we live in. Um, and the first email that I ever got was um, from a lady out in the UK named Emma. And she said, you know, I just found your cams last night. And I just have to tell you, you know, it was so calming and the chat was so welcoming and I felt um, distracted enough from my feelings. And I really attribute your cams to saving my life last night. Um, and I got chills and I wrote back to her. I literally had to stalk her on Facebook and I, I got, I figured out it was her. And I was like, I am sorry for reaching out to you this way because I now kind of seem like a creeper. Um, but I just want to make sure that you're okay. Um, because the mental health side of things does hit home for us, you know, with our own so oldest son's struggles. And um, yeah, it's, it, it, I have struggled with that whole hater situation. 
But uh, when you think about how much good you put out there, all of a sudden, you know, those people who are like, oh, you're so lucky, you know, you do kind of remind them of, well, no, I, we, we earned this. We worked our butts off for this. And I think our community sees just how much we work um, with documenting the process. So, you know, no vacations, we work on the weekends. Um, I just bought something from uh, a crafter on Etsy. It, it kind of irked me that they wrote three to five business days and your, your um, item will be shipped. So it'll sit in processing for three to five business days. And I was like, we oh, giggled. I giggled because I was like, what's a business? Day? Oh my gosh, they don't work on the weekends <laughs> and you make Christmas ornaments and this is your busiest time of year. I, I was like, okay, so that's a hobby <laughs> yeah. because uh, I feel like entrepreneurs, there is no such thing as a business day. There's no such thing as nine to five. We'll be sitting, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, still packing orders because we need to get them out in a timely fashion. Right. So. Well, it becomes your life. You know, exactly. And that that's exactly what it is. And even the haters. One thing that I've always said that, <clears throat> especially with the different things that I've gone through in my life, some of them haven't been exactly pleasurable mm -hmm. or lucky. I mean, in fact, I've been told that he, that having type one diabetes in this day and age, I am lucky to have it now than I was then if I would have had it a hundred years ago. Mm. Well, okay. Mm. I'm not necessarily thinking that it's lucky to have it in the first no. place, right? but a hundred years ago, they were just discovering insulin. And a hundred years ago, it was a six month to two year life expectancy. And that was it. And I am currently at 17 years. Um, so, you know, she, it's a struggle. It's nice. It's bad. But if I can help one person by showing to them that, hey, yeah, you can do it, then that's worth it. It's worth it to me to have that struggle, to fight for it, to keep myself going. And I can see where with the farm, that would be the same thing. Yeah, you're gonna have the haters and everything, but you have that one person in the UK who thanked you for it. And by doing what you guys do, you benefited, she benefited from it. And in my perspective, even if you never get another thank you letter again, that right there is worth it. Yeah, yes. so something I set up really early on to help me through the hater comments, because I feel like a lot of times in life, the hate will cut through deeper mm -hmm. than the positive. So you'll get that one email and then you're like, oh, that's great, you know, I'm glad you love the channel. And then you'll get somebody being like, wow, you lo really looked fat on your last video or something, something really, insensitive right. and that'll hit you so much deeper than 10 positive comments that one will hit you deeper and so I set up a a, a folder in my email in our Simon Says Farms email um and it's YouTube love and sometimes I keep some of the hate just because it's so outlandish that I want to use it on the next video that's where I'm coming from like <laughs> when she lets me talk I'll Say my side. Keep going. Um, but I do. I, I pile up the, the, the love because sometimes there are days where you just need that extra, like somebody else to answer the why for you that day. 
I know what my why is every day, but sometimes that hate will come in and I really question what the heck am I doing? And then I read all the love and it's like, okay, thanks for the reminder. And now I can continue. Plus, plus we know that those two folders, right? The, the YouTube love folder has 50 emails in it and the YouTube mm-hmm. hate has five, you mm-hmm. know, or six. And then in some days it, it can spike, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to, A, I don't, I've gotten hate my whole life from the whole, I can barely read side of my struggles through, you know, elementary school and all that. I I don't know if you know that story, but I'm dyslexic. I can barely read. And it was this like, Oh, the stupid kid. Oh, you got to go to the, the dyslexia room down there. And, and that felt like hate to me, but I always knew there was going to be something somewhere that I'll be good at. And it didn't take me until college, until a professor in college literally was like, well, first I had a high school teacher that like the hate made me want to win more. You know, it actually fired me up. I had a high school teacher literally tell me if you can't spell the word college, you shouldn't go. Right. And I remember that line. I know who it was. I'm not going to say his name out loud, but I remember it. And I someday like want to say, look at me now. You know what I mean? And I One, still, it is sometimes, sometimes yeah. our, our detractors and our critics are our best exactly. uh, motivators. Yep. Um, when my daughter was in high school, she was part of the junior ROTC, the Air Force Junior ROTC. Yep. She had to travel between two different high schools because the her main classes were at one on one side of town and the ROTC program was in center of town. Her first class when she returned to her main school was algebra two and that particular teacher had never had a successful case of a student coming in late every single day and still passing the class and she pulled her aside and said you might want to reconsider booking you know changing your math class or changing your schedule because I've never had anyone succeed yeah the greatest pleasure my daughter ever had was at the end of that school year that teacher presented her with the best math student award of her grade. So, you know, sometimes we do, we have to take those negatives and use them for our our motivation to to do whatever it is that we need to succeed. Mm. And that gives us a perfect example for, you know, not only those around us, but our kids and for ourselves and for our reminders. Exactly. And and I think um, sometimes those negative comments we get I take them like that one you said, oh, you look so fat in that video. I'll make a video the next day with like a pillow shoved under my shirt. Just to like that person that wrote that knew why I did that. And I'm basically like saying, thank you for the content. Like you just gave me fuel because what you said was so stupid. I'm going to turn it around and like make content out of it. But that one professor in college, you know, did change the route where I still thought I was going to be an engineer, wanted to be an engineer, but really I was chasing the money, right? Like, Ooh, those are the people that make all the money and that's what I want. And he was like, Aaron, you're never going to make it. You, you got a D in the last math class. Everybody gets one grade lower in the next one. And it was like a whole semester math class on one problem. And he was like, statistically, you're not going to pass it, but they just launched this new major called internet business. And I think you'd be great at it because it's a little bit of art because it's the internet. You have to design stuff and do art, but it's also engineering because you have to program it. 
And I really think you'd be good at it. And that's the way I went. And that's where we are today. We own and run an internet business. And that's what my degree's in. But yet after college, I worked in restaurants for 10 years. Mm -hmm. But he was the one that like literally changed the course of my life because he was like, no, 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 no. You shouldn't be in a cube. You're not an engineer. You should be a, an artist, a creative, go that way. You know, and that took, gosh, fifth year of college almost mm -hmm. by the time I figured that out, you know. Well, we all learn things and do things in, in different ways. Just because we're all uh, sitting there in the statistics class doesn't mean we're all going to be able to, you know, be the mathematician. Just because we're right. all in that graphic design class doesn't mean that we're going to be participating in designing websites right. or any things like that. In fact, there's a, a local gentleman here who has his degree in graphic arts. He's one of the best tattoo artists you can get in town. He has a yep. seven to eight month waiting list. But hey, so he, I, he took I his learned, graphic arts differently. Right. I uh, went to college for music. I played the oboe. What am I doing that with the <laughs> yeah. oboe on a farm? Right. Okay, a snake like, song every six months. Every <laughs> yeah. Six years, maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just no. to just to prove that I can still that, do that it. That snake song ended up on TikTok, I think. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I didn't see sure that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he must have saw it. Yeah, but sometimes you have to, you know, use somebody else's hate and and you know, it, it goes back to something that goes around a lot is why are they making you feel so small by saying you can't do something? And then it's, it's our job in receiving that message to go one of two ways. One, you believe them and you, and you limit yourself or you go the other way and you say, you know what? I'm going to go and do what I'm, have my you know, beat. I'm going to show you. Mm -hmm. We'll bleep, we'll bleep that part out, yeah. But, yeah. but like, you know, screw you for making me feel small and I'm going to show you and yep. use your hater as like your motivation. your motivation to be something they thought you couldn't be. All right. For, well, for some reason, I just got a pop up that said this meeting will end in 10 minutes, which is the first time I got that. Usually, Shru usually passed. Shruti sets up the thing and she's got the account. So we have and about eight, eight minutes left. Uh, on this. So I just want to back up a little. Both of us over the past couple of years have made changes. I was in a machine shop for 25 years, just about 25 years and, and finally made the jump. And it was like, I was standing on the end of the diving board for five years before I finally <laughs> did it, if not longer. You've been looking at that diving board and got pushed out. You got pushed off the diving board. How did you handle that at first? And like you said, you were in the restaurant business, then you went into I mean, basically electronic sales. We'll just give it a broad topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were doing that type of stuff and you enjoyed what you were doing for a while. And then there were times where you second guessed it and you, you've always wanted to do this. And then you got that push where it's like, uh Oh, what am I going to do now? How did you handle it at first? And then what did you do to make it as successful as you have? So eight minutes is not enough time, but I'll, uh, I'll all, make it short. We, we, cried. we cried. So, <laughs> so it's funny you say that because we just had this conversation with our second oldest son, Tyler downstairs. He goes, I've never seen dad cry. And Liz said literally 20 minutes ago. And Liz said, remember the day we all sat at the dining room table and dad told us he lost his job. He cried. Like that was my life. That was my career. That was who I was. That was what I did prior to us working full time as farmers. I lived in a hotel a hundred days a year. You know, I was constantly on the road and we were doing all this at the same time. 
building out our YouTube channel, building that foundation of like, okay, maybe someday we will be able to jump off the diving board into the pool. But right now we only have the, we only have the liner in the pool. There's no water yet. Like we can't jump yet. You know, we're building it from the ground up. The website, the swanky sauce, our audience is growing. Our audience is telling us what they want and we're listening and we're making soap and then we can't make enough of it. So now we got to buy more equipment and it's all going. And in that process, I changed my job, what, four times? from the major cell phone people to the router people to the last one, which was December before COVID. Um, I was the VP of sales and marketing, which got me to do YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn for a technology company, which by the way, I thought I was going to love, but I actually hated it. I didn't like it because my artistic freedom was gone. I was being told what to say, And back to the whole, I can't spell. I was being critiqued for every little comma that was out of place. But yet we were the biggest account at a major event, bigger than Microsoft and and Salesforce.com. We were putting out more content, getting more views. But yeah, something was spelled wrong. Like, do you realize we're getting more content, more views? Like we're being recognized. And they're like, yeah, but something spelled wrong. And I'm like, yeah. Maybe I don't want to be here. So yeah, we cried about it. And then we were like, you know what? We're going to be fine. We're going to figure this out. You know, we rearranged the way we live. We were like, all right, what do we have in savings? What do we have that we can sell? What do we stop buying? What do we buy? What do we do? Like if it doesn't make us money or, or, or feed us, right? And so what were the words I said? If it doesn't make us money or save us money or something like that, we're not buying it. Like that's it. Like it's food, shelter, you know, and then, yeah, I'll go buy a new stainless steel pot because we have to up production. We can't live on only selling 10 bottles of lotion. We need to get to this many bottles of lotion a month. And in order to do that, we're going to take money out of savings to go buy that equipment. So like it was nose to the grindstone is what it was. We had a little bit of a, you know, backyard fire. Yeah prior to COVID. And then once you got laid off, it was, um, we invested in a lot of fuel yeah. to, to put on that fire. Um, and we definitely grew, you know, like 600% in the first year. Right. Um, so it's there, there's been growing pains. Oh, yeah. I mean, hundred percent. I, I tease him all the time. I'm wearing the wrong shirt for this. You guys can't see it. But He's it says not wearing the, the wrong shirt. He, I'm not wearing the right shirt. His shirt says the boss. My shirt was supposed to say the real boss. Yeah. And that was sent to us by one of our villagers because yeah. they know who wears the pants in the family and he gets fired multiple mm-hmm. times a day. For, for those people listening that mm-hmm. I don't know who we are, the villagers are all the people that follow us on YouTube. It's our community. It's our yeah. community, which is close to 30,000 strong. It's getting. What, did, what so, did I say to you the other day, Aaron, when you said you were down in the production room? Uh, like, what are you doing? Yeah, then Liz, Liz was shorthanded. She had no choice but to call you down there. Yes, correct. Yes. Yep. Yeah. She was she was shorthanded, needed help. And I was the only option. So I tease him a lot. And uh, when he got laid off and he uh, started, quote, so, working for me. Um, first of all, I started drinking on the job because I couldn't handle my new employee. 
<laughs> Second, um, I tease him and I, I tell him, you know, if I was actually interviewing for this job, I would not have hired you. I wouldn't have made it. Yeah. I would not have yep. hired him. Yep. He's very hard to keep focused. <laughs> so before we run out of time, though, one thing, and I think it's a great quote from one of the favorite people I followed for 20 plus years now, it feels like Gary V. He says, it's hard to be hungry when you're always fed. Right. So we had this hobby, but I had a really good high paying job. So it was just a hobby, right? YouTube and and making soaps. We weren't even making soap then. Lotion, like it was swanky sauce, whatever. But then when we stopped being fed by this job, we got real hungry and we grew like 600 percent. So amazing things happen when your back is put up against the wall. And that's pretty much what happened when you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice, right? Yeah. We needed to, and we wrote out a plan. I, yeah. we, we had a plan. This is our one year, three year, five year, 10 year plan. Things like the book were on that five year plan and we did it in two and so on. You and know, the, book, the book's available on where? Our website okay. right now, we're working on getting it onto Amazon. It's just not there yet. So, so currently on, right now, Kindle. it is, it is available on Kindle through Amazon. Um, but we're not, the soft cover is not available on Amazon yet. Hard cover on our website yeah. only right now. Yeah. I'm good. So I said, this farm is anything but a, a fake farm. It's definitely a, a real farm, real production. It's Simon Says Farms, S-Y-M-A-N Says Farms. And check them out. Check out their products. I personally would say go for the Swanky Sauce. Their soaps and lotions are popular as well. Um, thanks, guys, for coming on. Um, check out their YouTube. I know you guys were doing the weekly things and now you have your weekly Q and a that you do. Um, and I mean, I know my kids jump on it and, and watch uncle Aaron and Aunt Liz pretty much as much as they can and, uh, enjoy the show. And you guys touch on everything. Like you said, you like to help other people. Uh, I think our family's done that a lot. Uh, our sister Caitlin was on and talked about mental health. Obviously I had the stent put on, uh, a few months back and, and discuss that on this podcast. Um, we, d I came on to your show to discuss that. And did you ever yep. go and get your checkup? No. All right. So now that the villagers are going to hear this, when you broadcast yep. this podcast, they're going to get in your case again, you guys, how long has it been? It was March. Oh, geez. It's almost been a year. Uh oh. And, and he's uh, still complaining. I still complain. And then, uh, you guys talked about, uh, Jacob's situation. Um, like I said, you, you do a lot more than farming. Uh, you, yes. you definitely help the community. Uh, I thank you for that. And there's, like you said, your, your love folder is better than your hate, bigger than your hate folder. Um, yep. But again, thanks for coming on. Simon says farms, S Y M A N says farms.com. Check out their products. Like I said, they ship internationally and thanks again, guys. Yeah. Thank thanks you. for having us. Shift mindset podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset, and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.